One of the things that I really value and find very much a blessing in my life is how sometimes I get to meet someone and at one, I can feel a heart connection or I can feel a strong pull to their heart um, at the first encounter. And be it whether we are in a same in the same space and they're we're in conversation or they're in conversation with someone, but you just have that pull, you know, you have that feeling of um, connection right away. And I love that when I do take the time because I'm very much an observer at first when I meet people, I like to observe behavior, body language. Um, I listen to what people say, but I also listen to what they don't say. I've been kind of trained that way. Um, but anyway, I, I, I really enjoy that when I do take that plunge with someone who I perceive is a heart connect for me, that it blossoms, it like unfolds this adventure of connection and this adventure of exploration of minds and um, like-minded interest and, and deep conversation. <laughs> I love deep, deep conversation. And so I've brought a guest today who, um, that's how we met and that's how we connected. And I absolutely think that our relationship has been such a beautiful um, adventure of heart connecting and conversation and just perception sharing and all of that. So y'all ready? Let's go. Welcome everyone to the show today. My name is Shahara White and I am your podcast host for Love Manifested, the podcast where we have authentic conversations shedding light on God's love manifested in each and every one of us. Um, Our hope is to illuminate God's love manifested in each other so that we can see better, choose better and be better. And I'm so excited today. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Um, I'm really excited about my guest. We have, um, he's actually one of the people that I went to for some much needed guidance and support (laughs) 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 to get this um, podcast off the ground. Because as you guys know, as you've probably heard and figured out, I don't know what I'm doing here. (laughs) I, I know how to talk and like share things, but I have no clue on the podcasting world. So even though I was on a podcast before, shout out, shout out Drunk Girls Bible Study, my <laughs> girls, Angelique and Natasha, but I wasn't doing anything. I just showed up. Mm. So my guest today, and as you guys know, we have a heart culture on the show um, where we introduce our guests by their hearts and not by their titles, because sometimes people carry a title mm-hmm. and it doesn't necessarily reflect their heart. 
Mm. People can be teachers and not have their heart in it. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. We've had all kinds of people show up in different roles, CEOs that don't act like CEOs. They're not leaders. Mm. So I like to introduce people by their heart because that's the way I connect with others. And so my guest today, let me introduce you. How would I introduce your heart? Um, I would say that you are one of the most humble people I've ever met. Mm. You are um, completely an open spirit. So you're open to learning. You're open to perspective. You're open to um, challenge and thinking differently and and trying new things. And um, just the way you communicate um, is very genuine and authentic and you're very transparent. Um, when I first met you, we, um, it was like refreshing to hear you speak. You were speaking to someone else actually. (laughs) And I was listening and I was like, wow, that's, that's interesting. (laughs) So that's your heart. Um, your heart is for your family. You love Mm -hmm. your family. Mm -hmm. I love your family. Mm. Um, and I think your heart for God is so pure. It's just, but it's different. It's different than what I've encountered. Um, It's not the typical type of, you know, there's all kind of people that love God. (laughs) And he made us that way, and it's great. But um, I want, hopefully everyone today, you can hear me, and I want you to uh, please give us a warm welcome. We're going to give a warm welcome to my dear friend, Reed. Oh, thank you so much. Those those were overwhelming words. I really appreciate that. I know you mm, meant every one of them, I but do. That, thank you. That's very, very kind of you, and <laughs> I receive it with, with profound gratitude. Thank you very, very much. I I'm so glad. It. I appreciate it. Thank I'm, you for having me. I'm so excited you're here. This is exciting. Here. This like, is exciting. From concept to here, right? I know. I can still remember when we first were talking about <laughs> yes. this, and I was through the roof oh. on the fact that this was going to be happening, and then it is such a privilege mm. to be a part of it and uh, and just to come and share this time with you. Thank you. Thank I'm you again so very glad. much. Very much. Thank you for saying yes and helping me so much. Without you, I probably, I wouldn't know anything. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> you, I had no, no knowledge, great. no knowledge before uh, coming to you. So this no, has been great. And like I said before, like, uh, you know, when I, when I got started, you know, kind of down the same road, I had Yes. A good friend who was willing to share knowledge and share support. So it was really just paying it forward, you which which I feel is uh, appropriate to do. But uh, no, it's it, it's great. It's a wonderful joy to me mm-hmm. to get to see somebody step into something that they love doing, that they feel very passionate about doing, mm-hmm. that they feel very um, uh, that that it feels like meeting the moment mm-hmm. for them to do so. And so, yeah. I mean. That is that's one of my joys to see somebody engaging in that, and then wow. anything that I can do, uh, if it's within my means. A lot of things aren't within my means, of course. But if it's course, within my means uh, to be able to say like, yeah, yeah, great, that's 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 great. <laughs> yes, yes, it's just because it's just fun yeah. to see somebody step into that, and uh, it, it just it makes so many things so much better in so many needed ways. So yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah. That was I, a privilege. I'm so excited because, um, and, and I have to shout out the fear of God podcast, oh, thank you. which has um, been going strong for over seven years now, right? Close over uh, almost seven almost years. It'll seven. be seven 
years in August of 23. Okay. So six and a half. Okay. Um, yeah, we launched in August of 2016. Okay. And uh, yeah, six six years strong uh, weekly. Yeah. We, this is incredible. Yeah. I so I'm so, so nervous like, about that part. No, no. So, yeah, six <laughs> six years and uh, and and we we talk for like a couple of hours. We're windbags, is okay. what it is. Okay. <laughs> so, but we literally it's it's uh, honestly it's it's been such a joy. I could wax on and on and on and on about that show, but one of my favorite things about it is that there's there's been a lovely, and I use that word very deliberately, a lovely little community mm. of people that have grown up around yes. it. Yeah. Um, our friends in like the social media world, social media can be quite the cesspool sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> we have been it. super fortunate mm. in that the people that have kind of been drawn to the show and drawn to the tone, I, I host it with my good friend of two decades plus, yes. Nathan Rouse is his name. Okay. And, hey um, Nathan, <laughs> and we, um, you know, we 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 do this quirky. It started as kind of a. You didn't ask for any of this. <laughs> no, so, I was but, I was about to ask you. Oh, so so as you guys can hear, he's the expert, not me. So he already knew where we were going, <laughs> and this is what's making it really easy for me right now. <laughs> no Please problem. tell Happy me because I'm so, so excited about. I love what you guys do. Oh, thank you. So um, it started as a kind of a thought experiment. Yeah. Um, I wanted to do a show. I was inspired by man named Tyler Smith, friend of mine, okay. um, who hosted a show called More Than One Lesson that look at, at films yeah. <laughs> through uh, a faith perspective. And I was really drawn to it. Wow. And uh, Tyler and I had become friends. Yeah. I had been on his show. I became one of his like recurring co-hosts uh, on that show. And then one day I was like, you know what? I would love to do a show like this, okay, but focusing specifically on horror the horror genre, <laughs> horror films, horror media, and but through a faith perspective. And Tyler, uh, who I have such uh, you know utmost immense gratitude for, heard that and he was like, "I want to help." Like oh, he, said, he said, "I really, I would love to see this." And so he basically, without him, I don't know if our show would have been possible wow. um, because he he pointed me towards like, "Okay, we'll host it here. Okay, this is what you can do." Mm -hmm. And he he really invested full in on like, "Let's let's I want to help you get this show off the ground." Originally, it was going to be a half hour to forty minutes of me just waxing poetic of my thoughts on everything. <laughs> well, then I called my best friend yeah. Nathan, and I said like, "Hey, I think I'm going to start a podcast. <laughs> I think I'm going to do this thing." Yeah, and. I can't even remember exactly how he said it, but in very quick succession, he was like, can I do it with you? <laughs> like, and, so, yes. and, and I was like, oh my God, that would be so great. Right. And so sure enough, like those first five or 10 episodes, if you listen to it, we are super plastic. Oh. We're like, we crack a couple of jokes, but we are really mm -hmm. stiff. This is where I am. Welcome to my world. <laughs> Sorry, so, guys, I'm learning. I'm doing my best. It's going to be great. <laughs> but so then um, we start off as this kind of thought experiment what quickly emerges once we kind of got into the groove, and yeah. this is what early feedback from that first year or two, this is what people told us. Started off again, very intellectual, like we're gonna examine horror and faith. Isn't yes. that niche? Isn't that interesting? <laughs> yeah. But then Nathan and I have known each other for 20 years plus. He was my best man in my wedding. Uh, I was the best man in his. Yeah. And what quickly emerged and what people responded to is they were like, man, it's just fun to yes, hear Nathan yeah, yeah Nathan and Reed talk because yes. it very much became yeah. just you're invited to sit and hang out with the kind of conversations that we would have anyway that's and it and there's structure and there's yeah, format yeah, yeah. but this I got is you. this is how it goes yeah and so that happened and then it became the document of a friendship which mm, honestly I love that I am super super grateful I've thought about this many many times where I've just like you know 
it's a crazy world. Yeah. It's a crazy world. Yes. Um, but God forbid. Yeah. Whatever happens. I've got over 650 hours. Wow. Of talking with my best friend. Yes. That it, that is able to be revisited and shared. Moments in our lives are referenced. Seasons that we go through of change are documented. And it's really almost like an audible diary that the public just happens to get to listen to. Yep. <laughs> so, um, and, and then what happened after a couple of years of that is pretty soon it evolved from me and Nathan in friendship yeah. to a little community. That's and so cool. And people from... Canada yes. and people from all over the United States pop in and they're just like, oh man, this is this is great. This is so on the wavelength of where we are and we can't really find this anywhere else. I love and, it. And uh, so it's been beautiful. I'm, I'm profoundly grateful for it. I, I love, love the it. show. I love yeah. that. And I, and I think of that often because, you know, you know my background and with mm-hmm. my parents being in the music industry, I'm always able to listen I can hear my father, though yeah, he's gone. Of course, of course. But um, I have friends, and they're always, you know, something happens, and they're, yeah, I, yeah. I get told a lot, you know, you're, you're very lucky, you get to, it's documented, you can hear, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, your father's voice. And so now that we have phone, uh, iPhones and, and Samsungs and all these yeah, of ways course. of documenting, but it's really, it's really um, something that I thought about, even with the podcast. Sure. Sure. A way for, uh, I love that you say the documented friendship. That's mm-hmm. beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very, very great. Especially for good it. for our kids too. Yeah. That's the other thing. There you has know? been, there was one moment and I can't remember the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, we have had so many episodes now that Jen, my wife can't quite keep up with them, <laughs> which is fair. Like I don't make her She's right. like, Hey, you want to listen to me talk for two and a half hours? She's like, I hear you talk all the time. Okay. <laughs> right. Um, but, um, <laughs> I love you, honey. Um, so then, like, I love you too, Jen. <laughs> so, but what would happen is we would sometimes, if there was a particular episode that, like, oh yeah, I, I watched that movie. I'd love to hear you guys' thoughts yeah. on it. Yeah, we'd listen to it, and I cannot remember what the episode was. I want to say that it was our conversation about the film A Quiet Place that came out a few years ago. I remember that film. I don't know if that was the specific episode, but the point I'm telling in the story is that my son was in the back seat. Mm. He most often has headphones on. Mm-hmm. But there was a moment when Nathan and I were talking about our wishes and our hopes for our children and how proud we were mm-hmm. of them. Now, mm-hmm. I'm sharing it with my wife, uh. and I don't think my son is listening Till suddenly from the back, he, somewhat teary, is like, thank you so much for saying that, Daddy. Aww. And like, he had... Accidentally eavesdropped yeah. on this little this little thing, and so there's all these mm. hidden joys. You know, there's all these little hidden treasures, and and you know, I think a lot of it we didn't enter the show and still don't to crack down the doors of fame. You know, the the <laughs> right. the, the, the the top level podcasts are unbothered by the presence of the fear of God, but it's yeah. just we've been same. I'm not here trying to do that. <laughs> right, right, but. <laughs> The, the the reward, and I know you're like-spirited in this, that the reward of going into it for the purpose and intent of yes. that kind of enrichment, yes. both for yourself yes. and the people you share it with and the people that might share in the listening of it as well, that's that's the treasure. That's, that's treasure hidden in a field right there. That's what, that's what really rewards down the line. I have... People who I call friends, yeah. even 
you know, confiding friends yeah. that I've never been in the same room with because of the show That's that I'm it. very thankful for. And, um, and so, yeah, it's just, it's a real joy. And so, yeah, we love it. No signs of stopping anytime soon. So, Beautiful. Yeah. It's, it's pretty good. It's pretty Beautiful. Good. And you guys, they do all the horror movies like Omen and, <laughs> we do. um, paranormal activity and yeah, yeah. Uh, there's nothing i was trying to throw out some titles at you before and you were like yep we did that one yeah oh yeah we did that one we did, did that, that one there was nothing did you do <laughs> rosemary's baby we have oh my goodness we have. yes we've done that one you should listen to that episode it's a good one we have yeah because <laughs> there's all a thing going on oh, in there there's man. a lot we were That's joined... one of my favorite movies actually. oh really yeah. you should really we we were joined by uh somebody who eventually came on fog staff uh <laughs> her name is asia and it was her rosemary's baby was like one of her favorite horror movies and so she joined us on that conversation. It was it was it, it, it was really really fun. And you know what? Like we have a lot of fun too. What the, probably the, maybe the last thing I'll say about like pitching the show <laughs> is that it's like when you listen to us, you will usually get about an hour of just sometimes just the most absurd, <laughs> like juvenile humor, just yeah. boys being silly, right? Love it. And then there will be a hard pivot where we'll mm. suddenly start thinking about the things that mean a lot to us and start talking. And we've gotten teary on the show before. Yeah. We've had, you know, we've gotten personal on the show before. Happens. And um, that, I think, you know, has been has been received very well where people are like, OK, like this is this feels good because, um, you know, uh, I think it was. Martin Scorsese has popularized the statement that like you're never more creative than when you're more personal. Yes. And that is mm. something that That's like so the more personal you can get, that is actually a, a, a kind of a creative thing. Mm. And that resonates uh, a lot of times with people. So again, there's lots of gratitude and, uh, and I'm thankful for the show and yeah. And so it's been really fun. And so here we are. And you went we before yeah. and you paved the way so I could get some learning <laughs> and some teachings and here we are. And now we're on love manifested, yes. which I am eager, <laughs> eager to see where this goes. This is awesome. So great. So when you and I met, we, um, we actually used to serve on the worship team together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, like I said in my intro that you were speaking with someone else and you were, it was, they were, they brought up a point of something that they were trying to, um, you know, discuss or what have you. Mm -hmm. And, and you were like, Oh wow. And just the way you received the different perspective that you hadn't, I don't think necessarily heard. Yeah. And you were trying to also convey but you did it in a very non-threatening and a very humble way. Oh, thank you. And I witnessed it and I was like, those are the kind of conversations I like to have with people. Oh, that's awesome. That's you know, awesome. and I remember yeah. we connected on that because I just kept listening. Mm -hmm. And then we connected that day. And then I saw your wife. I'm like, um, I love your husband. <laughs> okay. So we got to all get together. It's remember so the awesome. four of us? I do remember. And we I finally did it after a long time. But it was, we did it took it. us so long to oh, do it, but it was terrible. worth it. It was worth the wait. It was, it was really, really totally, nice. Totally. Totally. Really nice. So that, that's been my, um, and, and, and you've never um, Wayne, it deviated from that personality mm -hmm. and that perspective, that openness and that humbleness and that willingness to be like, oh, and how you share oh, when you're you. like instructing or teaching someone or mm -hmm. share or teaching them about your heart or about who you are. Mm -hmm. You do it in such a humble manner. Oh, so I so thank you for that. You. I tell yeah. you that, but I just, no. I really believe that. No, that's so kind of you to say, and, 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 and we, I receive it. Thank you. We need more people like that. Oh, we need more great. people because we all can have our own opinions and we can be raised in the spaces we were raised in. That's sure. what it was. You were saying how you were, that's, I remember now the conversation. Oh, yeah, 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 you were raised yeah. in a certain space. They were raised in a different space, but right. you were talking about the same common topic and how you experienced it differently. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. nowadays, especially, I feel like we see a lot of people 
they're coming at each other's throats. It, yes. But, um, yeah. You know. Yeah. So people have a tendency, I, I think, to um, feel threatened, and we're in a very combative yeah, environment. It and is. a lot of that is driven by culture, a yeah. lot of that is driven by our own. Um, Fears. Fears and our own embattlements, mm. uh, the things that have not played out the way we wish they had. And, Truly. And uh, and so we're living in a very, I think, a very threatened kind of atmosphere. And it is supremely hard mm-hmm. to, when you feel threatened, to receive somebody else without rapidly assessing, like, can I let you in or can I not? Right. And I think... That's no way to begin a substantive interaction if you can help it. Yes. Um, because, you know, it's one of my heroes, many, many people's heroes, but of course was Fred Rogers, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. <laughs> and um, so much about his genius was his ability to just view the world as neighborhood and what, yeah. what that meant to him as a conviction. Right. And how to receive people in and how to receive inputs and uh and and it was just i don't think i'm anywhere even in the ballpark of that level but it's something that i aspire to it's like i want to engage with the world if i can as often as i can in a similar fashion where i'm not threatened by everything where i'm receive you know everything like we had an episode on the fear of god actually not that long ago one of the conversations one of the observations we made is that you can have any number, a multitude mm-hmm. of opponents, okay. people who are maybe have an opposite goal from you, have okay. an opposite, um, you know, agenda, or they're trying to achieve something that's in direct conflict with something that you're trying to achieve. You can have any number of opponents, but enemies are largely chosen. Yes, and you have a power to and say who's my, the opponent and who's the enemy, and who's the enemy, and that and, is so and it's one of those true. things where. God, that's beautiful and so true. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I guess we're going to do that today. No, 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 that's okay. Feel the freedom because, like, that's the thing that's really convicting to me is to recognize that, like, when Christ compels us to love our enemies, Mm. the end game for that is that Mm. we have none. Mm. That love of enemy eventually produces, and this is something Nathan first said on the show, so Mm -hmm. I'm going to give credit where credit is due, but that (laughs) love of enemy eventually moves to the place where where you don't have any. Yeah. Even if you have opponents, even if you have people that don't engage and interact with you on a regular basis because boundaries are vital. Yes, they are. Even if you don't, you know, you can construct it in any number of other ways, but you don't, you don't have to have an enemy. You can love them mm-hmm. and you can, you can include and forgive even pain, mm-hmm. even fear, even mm-hmm. setbacks. You can mm-hmm. include those Hostility. things, yeah. all of that, and, uh, and, and make it such that enemy is someone else's choice yeah. If it's a choice at all. And that for you, again, opponents may abound, but enemies don't have to. And that's a powerful thought. And I always, I, in alignment with that, I always say that, you know, just because I'm for something mm-hmm. doesn't mean I have to be anti. Absolutely. And if people could just remember, like, be for what you're for. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you can totally, you know, root for yeah, you can be respectful. Absolutely. You can, you can, you can um, convey 
your heart for that thing, your mm-hmm. passions, but it doesn't necessarily, it, please don't be anti the other. Right, exactly. Because that brings like an evil spirit. It brings, yeah. it brings yuck in, just yeah. into the situation. That's not necessary. No, absolutely. Just be absolutely. for what you're for mm-hmm. and then try to be humble and, you know, yeah. open to what other people's what they're for. No, absolutely. We can all be for for different things, right? No, absolutely. We've I have gone, to, sorry. No, no, no. We've I gone just way one, off. <laughs> no, no, no. It's okay. I just, one more thing about yeah. just, uh, I can still remember, and what, one of the things I so cherish about your friendship is I remember uh, that moment. I don't, I, honestly, <laughs> I don't remember what the conversation specifically was about, mm. but I can remember feeling such a, a very quick kinship with you mm. about exactly what you described, the, the, passion for having authentic conversations yes and genuine if i if i may be so bold that like you and i don't necessarily sit in places where casual small talk can last very long yeah it just doesn't survive it just doesn't work <laughs> and so it's I not won't long. sit in places like that at all no i just no. don't have time for it i don't know how long i'm here for casual <laughs> small talk right Right. Come on, guys. Exactly, exactly. Let's get to know each other and connect. Right. Sorry to, no. cu- to cut you off again. No, 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 that's yeah. exactly. But I, I had, I felt such a kinship with you in that regard, and it's, it, it is a real joy. And I, I love, I love cultivating uh, deeper and richer friendships with people who also enjoy mm. that kind of thing. Like, yes, yep. that, you know, to, to be able to get into it and let's, let's figure out life. Let's yes. figure out each other. And, uh, you, you know, I, I do have a passion to, to just learn as much as I can for as long as I can. Me you know? too. And, uh, so yeah, it's, I've always loved that about you. I think it's wonderful. Thank you. Yes. It's refreshing on my end as well. Mm. All right. So let's get into this we have we I feel like we've already shared so much richness. I could just listen to you. It just <laughs> this is how it is when we get together. We just talk and oh, talk. And I love it. I love it's it. so cool. But we are going to get into um, one of my favorite parts of the entire thing because it's just <laughs> like fun. And it, you know what time it is, right? Oh, I think I know. It is love happy hour time. Love happy <laughs> hour. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, awesome. I had to call out my little happy hour church friends. They were already having happy hour without us. Mm-hmm. So that's why they mm-hmm. were over there sounding a little. Oh, yeah. I'll have what they're having. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a portion where we ask, um, I ask my guests to bring a little something that they love, that they're passionate about. Um, because um, we're all about love here. Yeah, and so we have BYO. Okay, here we go. Let's try this again, Shara. B-Y-O-L, which means bring your own love. So I want you to share with me what you bring for us today. So this is exciting. I love this concept, by the way. I think it's brilliant. I think it's brilliant. Thank you. I didn't come up with it, by the way. Thank you for my producer, Ayana. Thank you. She came out. I was like, this is worth a million dollars. Anyway. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. Um the only problem it makes for somebody like me who has a lot of love in my life is what do I pick? You know, <sighs> yes. and um, and so I, I do have a lot of loves. I have a lot of things I'm uh, affectionate for and passionate about. But I knew pretty early on when you told me like, "Hey, yes. I'm going to ask you to bring your own love." Yes. Um, I was like, "Okay, well, it has to be story related. Yes. It has to be okay." Um, and so for as long as I can remember, yes, um, I have had a deep abiding affection and passion for stories, but very specifically as well, 
horror stories. Okay. Horror and and and, and, and so we're not about to get scary on the I'm podcast. Get scary. But but um, I've had a, a profound affection for, for, for I mean a, a, an absurdly early age. Um, I've just loved scary things. Okay. I have um, drawn inspiration from them. Mm-hmm. I have drawn affection mm-hmm. towards them. Um, what I what I was resisting saying, but I'll go ahead and say it is: Hey, at, we're open and transparent here. Exactly. Okay. So, I'm, so I'm trying to get into that mode. <laughs> is to be candid. Sometimes I've drawn breath from those stories. Wow. That there's a lot of times where if I'm really in the thick of things and I'm not really having, uh, I'm, I'm overwhelmed by things rather than on top of them. It is more often than not a horror story mm. that I either read or watch that will very quickly set me to rights. And um, okay. it has been something that, you know, there's a, there's a certain rigor mm-hmm. in circles of faith. <laughs> For lack of a better word. Yes, where people are passionate about, like, you can't celebrate Halloween. Yes. And you can't, you know, you can't engage with the horror genre. When we launched the podcast, we did get a couple. They were only a couple. Okay. But we did get a couple of people who are like, you are inviting nasty things into your world. Mm. Six years later, I have more friends than I had before. And so I don't, I, I'm waiting for the nasty to arrive, which I don't mean to be utterly dismissive, but um, it's brought me a lot of good things. Yeah. Um, but I just love that. And so what I, what I did was I brought, uh, I didn't want to click on a movie or anything like that. So I brought uh, some passages. Uh, I am prepared to share only one or all three as you desire. Okay. Um, but I brought some passages from some of my favorite horror novels and they're brief each passage is brief um but the 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 novels that i brought and then i'll let you decide what you want or how many you want to hear um but i brought charles dickens Mm. a christmas carol okay which many people don't consider a horror novel but they forget that it's a ghost story yes it's it i mean sure it's accessible (sighs) to children but it's a ghost story um, we live in a world where packages often do not reflect the true meaning and nature of what was intended. Amen to that. And so <clears throat> uh, I brought that. And then I also brought uh, a novel by my f- one of my favorite writers, Ray Bradbury, who okay. died several years ago. Uh-huh. But um, this I've book, mm-hmm. um, he was uh, mostly known for a science fiction uh, contributions, but... This book is called Something Wicked This Way Comes. It's one of his few direct horror novels. Mm-hmm. And this is very special to me because for a long time, this was I cited this as my favorite novel ever written by anybody. It's still way up there. This edition, uh, I had the privilege, I'll show you, uh, I had the privilege of meeting Ray Bradbury, and he signed it. <gasps> oh, so, lovely. Um, and this Aww, specific, yeah, this Sweet specific, it was, it was wonderful. He was a delightful person. And um, had the privilege of seeing him like, five times wow. before he passed. And this edition was given to me by uh, Nathan, uh, Got my, it. my best friend. Yes. So brought Christmas Carol, brought something, wi- exactly, brought something wicked this way comes, and then I brought The Exorcist by <laughs> William Peter Blatty. So um, so sincerely, yes. um, I, I, if you want to pick one or yeah. however many, just whatever you want. I'm going to choose one and I'm going to tell you why I'm going to choose this one. I'm okay. going to not choose The Exorcist, okay. even though... Mm-hmm. That was the first horror movie I ever saw. Really? And oh, I think wow. I was, it had to be soon after it came out. So I must have been very small. Mm, mm. And when the head started in the, the, 
the projectile, uh, the visceral stuff. Yeah, of course. I just, course. I was just mortified. Yeah, of I course. was. I had never seen anything like that before, and I, I, I was mortified. Okay, I can imagine. I can imagine. <laughs> but it's a rough I actually, one. But I like that movie. Mm, and mm-hmm. Salem's Lot, the original, came oh, out yeah. afterwards, and yeah. that one horrified me. So oh, that one's gruesome. I know too. The Exorcist well because I've seen it so many times. Mm-hmm. The what? The Christmas Carol. Yeah. Um. Sounds beautiful. Okay. But I want you to t- to share the passage from your favorite. Okay. You got it. You got and it. And we'll just do this real quick because this is really great. All I right. love this. All right. So uh, a little bit of stage setting. Something Wicked This Way Comes is about two boys, both 13 years old. Okay. And a carnival comes to town. It's Ooh. October. The mm-hmm. opening line of the novel says, um, it, first of all, it was October, a rare month for boys. And... Um, <laughs> The story is about these two boys encountering this carnival, which they quickly discern has malevolent intentions, and it has a certain dark magic to it, that it has the ability, um, encapsulating up some very poetic language, it has the ability to literally suck life from people. It presents the promise of giving life, but Mm, it is sucking life. Got it. And the boys are on this wavelength, but the 13-year-old boys. Yeah. So the town is enthralled. Now, one of these boys, Will Holloway, has a father who is in his 50s. Okay. Even though he's 13, his father's in his 50s. And other than the two boys themselves, uh-huh. the father is kind of a co-main character of the novel. Okay. And there's one a, a number of beautiful passages about him reflecting on life and choices and mm. reflecting on who he is. Mm. There's a poetry to the language, but the passage that I brought to share is that's uh, the one that stays with me so so profoundly um, there's a moment midway through the book yeah. where the threat of the carnival has been revealed but they have not yet shared with anybody what they have seen and heard the boys have not got it and Will in his 13 year old way is trying very hard to connect with his dad ah. and so he <laughs> sits late at night Mm-hmm. with his father, who's an older man. Mm-hmm. And he sits there, and this is the exchange that they have. Okay. Um, so uh, listeners who uh, are curious about this, it's from chapter 28 of the book. Okay. Um, but this is the exchange they have. It says, Dad, am I a good person? Mm. I think so. Uh, I know so, yes. Will, will that help when things get really rough? <sighs> It'll help. Will it save me? If I need saving, I mean, if I'm around bad people and there's no one else good around for miles, what then? It'll help. That's not good enough, Dad. Good is no guarantee for your body. It's mainly for peace of mind. Mm. But sometimes, Dad, aren't you so scared that even the mind isn't peaceful? His father nodded and his face uneasy. Mm. Dad, said Will, his voice very faint, are you a good person? To you and your mother, yes, I try, but no man's a hero to himself. I've lived with me a lifetime, Will. I know everything worth knowing about myself. Mm. And adding it all up? The sum? Well, as they come and go, and I mostly sit very still and tight, yeah, I'm, I'm all right. Well, then Dad asked Will, why aren't you happy? The front lawn at, let's see, one thirty in the morning, son, is no place to start a philosophical. I just wanted <laughs> to know is all. And there was a long moment of silence. And then Dad sighed. Dad took his arm, walked him over, sat him down on the porch steps, relit his pipe. And puffing, he said, all right, 
Your mother's asleep. She doesn't know we're out here with our Tomcat talk, so, so we can go on. Now look, since when did you think being good meant being happy? Mm. Well, since always. Well, since now, learn otherwise. Sometimes the man who looks happiest in town with the biggest smile is the one carrying the biggest load of sin. There are smiles and smiles. Learn to tell the dark variety from the light. The seal barker, the laugh shouter, half the time he's covering up. He's had his fun and he's guilty. And men do love sin, Will. Oh, how they love it. Never doubt in all shapes, sizes, colors, and smells. Times come when troughs, not tables, suit our appetites. Hear a man too loudly praising others and look to wonder if he didn't just get up from the sty himself. Mm. On the other hand, that unhappy, pale, put-upon man walking by who looks all guilt and sin, why often that's your good man with a capital G, Will. Hmm. For being good is a fearful occupation. Men strain at it, and sometimes they break in two. I've known a few. You work twice as hard to be a farmer as you do to be his hog. I suppose Hmm. it's thinking about trying to be good that makes the crack run up the wall one night. A man with high standards, too. The least hair falls on him sometimes wilts his spine. He can't let himself alone, won't lift himself off the hook if he falls just one breath from grace. Oh, wouldn't it be lovely if we could just be fine and act fine, not think of it all the time. But Mm. it's hard, right? Look at me. Married at 39, Will. 39! But I was so busy wrestling myself with two falls out of three, I figured I couldn't marry until I had licked myself good and forever. Too late, I found out you can't wait to become perfect. You got to just go out there, fall down, and get up with everybody else. So at last, I looked up from my great self-wrestling match one night when your mother came to the library for a book and got me instead. (laughs) And I saw then and there that you take a man half bad and a woman half bad, and you put their two good halves together, and you got one human all good to share between. That's you, Will. For my money, that's you. And the strange thing is, son, and sad too, that though you're always racing out there on the rim of the lawn and me on the roof using books for shingles, comparing life to libraries, I soon saw you were wiser, sooner, and better than I will ever be. Wow. I love this book. This book is a treasure to me. I want to just marinate on that for just a second. Yeah. You know, I read this I, book. Oh, go ahead. I wouldn't have expected Mm. such gems. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Such wit. You said a whole, he, he said a whole, it was out of your mouth, but he said a whole lot there. Oh yeah. Wow. We could really end right here. (laughs) And the book is, it's full of that. Oh my goodness. So as you all know, we will always post, um, on our social media accounts. So have a look there. Um, where I will take a picture and, mm-hmm. and we'll post it up there so you guys can see it and you can check this book out. That was very, very rich and almost leading us into the next segment, which is beautiful. <laughs> but thank you for um, bringing that. I love, Certainly. you know, I love books. Absolutely. You Thanks know, for asking. You know, I love words. Yeah. You yeah. know how we talk about that all the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, wow, what a rich, was that? That was very rich. It's I, I love I love this text so much. So beautiful. When I was um, going to become a father, when I knew that we were going to have our son, yeah, um, I read a sequence of books with literary iconic fathers. Mm. But this one was on the list. I got it. I love I love him. There's one last I thing that, that I'll mention <clears throat> about 
this book for this conversation because I could talk for hours and hours about this book. <laughs> um, this is the rare moment. So I watch a lot of horror stuff. Most of the time, it's kind of a trope that mm-hmm. when the people who have encountered the scary thing yeah. go to tell an authority figure about the scary thing. Yes, no one believes them. Nobody right. believes them. It's always <laughs> just like, oh, no, you're being ridiculous or whatever. And that's why the town dies, right? Right. <laughs> this is this this is the rare literature. This is the rare story. When the boys tell okay. that man okay. what has happened, he immediately believes them. Well, I just love his questioning here and mm-hmm. then the way he leads them into that, yeah. leads him into this conversation about yeah. being good. It, it does being good save you. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you can hear, like, if he tells him after that, then I would uh, assume that he's like putting together, oh, is that why he asked? I mean, how yeah. many times with our children do they say yeah. something today mm-hmm. and then three days from now comes the real question what really or what on. was really going and then as yeah. parents we're like oh that's what three days that ago was about mm-hmm. okay yeah. i love this this is great thank you so much oh thank you for letting I, me share it's and wonderful. now i want to I, w- I will read the book because oh, i <laughs> highly i'm highly it. intrigued yeah i highly recommend it so anyone out there that wants to check this book out check our social media account so you can get the um but you 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 did share what the name of the title of it was yes. one more time uh something wicked this way comes by ray bradbury yes love that all right, let's get into this. All right. So, let's as you know, we do a little word play. Okay. All right. I'm going to tell you a word, and I want you to just give me the um, first thing that comes to your mind, and you know, we're going to talk about it a okay. little bit. All right. So, the word that um, <laughs> has come to me, and it's kind of like in alignment with what we've already been talking about here, but your word read is brotherhood. Oh wow, brotherhood. Well, the first thing, of course, I think of is, I think of the first person that came to mind is my friend, Nathan. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a half-brother. Okay. Um, who is more than 20 years older than I am. From okay. From a previous relationship Got of, it. of my father's. Got it. And we have had interactions before. They have always been pleasant. Yeah. But time and distance... Mm. And just starting so much later in life, we are not close. You Got know, it. Yep. if I were to reach out to him, he, it would be well received and there would be a lot of affection shared, but it's not intimacy. I understand. And my friend Nathan has very much become like a brother to me. Yeah. And knows me as well as probably anybody besides maybe my wife Mm. Um, and you know can oftentimes you know speak right into the thick of Mm -hmm. whatever is going on Um, and I feel very very grateful that I'm able to have a friendship that is that close that is that intimate Mm -hmm. Um, and it takes a tremendous amount of cultivation (laughs) especially for males right yeah absolutely because and I've been maybe maybe bucking the trend, but I have several friends in my life mm-hmm. who would not squirm uncomfortably in their seat to sit down and have a conversation like this. That's great. I have, I'm not kidding, more than a dozen yeah. people in my life. And I know your husband is one of them. Yes. And there are other people that I've been fortunate enough that if we were to sit down and have a real, a real conversation. Yes. Um, that there would be a tremendous amount of pouring forth from the heart 
And when I hear the word brotherhood, that is the kind of intimacy that I seek from my friendships, from my relationships. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it does take work Mm -hmm. and it's, it's scary. It's Mm -hmm. very, very scary. Um, because you never, you never quite know exactly how your input is going to be received. Okay. I've shared things before with people I thought could be among that group and you see the shutdown. You yep. see the, oh, okay, that was, okay, no, not for them. Instantly okay. on yeah. their, it, it, they didn't even say anything instead no, of telling. No, it's, it's all right there. And yeah. and so it's like, okay, all right, so so not them. And that's fine. That's fine. Not for everybody. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Do you think that, um, because I think one of the reasons why I believe this word came up for, for you, um, as I saw it after your word, I think, is because how I've seen you interact with males, mm-hmm. with other men, mm-hmm. and and I've actually, I think I've witnessed, I've, I may have witnessed a, a conversation where mm-hmm. you shared something and, and, and the person, the other uh, male in the situation mm-hmm. was like, oh, uh, oh. Oh, well, no, thank you. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I believe I've witnessed yeah. you do that and I've seen mm-hmm. you handle that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think why it comes up because I feel like more um, as a woman, because I can't, I don't, I don't know um, how the inner workings of man work, yeah, right? Because I'm, I'm not a man. Yeah. But um, me being me and being a wife and being a mother, mm-hmm. I see how important it is for men to have male relationships yeah. that are real. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. relationships right. where they're held accountable, where they're, they allow another man to speak into their life. They allow, yeah. they allow, um, you know, there's the fun play and, you know, a lot of guys that played sports in like high school and stuff like that, they have that kind of like pack thing yeah. that they love always having their sports guys and stuff sure. around, which sure. is great. Yeah. But I'm talking about having that fun. Mm-hmm. And I know that when you get together with your guys, we were just having a conversation yeah, about that. Yeah. And it really touched me how um, you get together with the males in your life and you guys do real. Absolutely. And Absolutely. and for me, yeah. that's what, what brotherhood is about. Um, I love that you started with the half brother situation yeah, yeah. and talking about how, um, you know, we can be related to people. Right. I have, I, I have, I share a similar path. Yeah. Um, Again, I'm not worried about titles, but in my family, the dynamic is very different. Sure. And there's a sure. lot of years between me and the next child and yeah, so on yeah. and so forth. And I'm, I'm the youngest. But um, there's just this very, um, just because you're related to people, you don't always, you don't get the privilege yeah. of having that because there's so many factors, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like, especially the way the world is today with social media and um, just the texting when I think when texting came in, it was really great mm-hmm. because I can be in a meeting and be like, I see you, I'm going to get back to you. Or right. I can be thinking about you in the morning and be like, Hey, just sending you some love. I, yeah. I do it all the time. Sending sure. a hug, just checking in, want to say hi. Absolutely. And we don't yeah. have to have a full conversation. But I think what it also did was it put distance between relationship and, yeah. and relational Mm-hmm. situations right Absolutely. and so um i believe that i've witnessed and i don't have i have probably like a half of a percent of knowledge of how you conduct your relationships well, but from still, what no. from what i've witnessed um how you how you interact even with roger when you first met him and yeah. how you're just gracious and and you're oh, open 
Thank you. And I know yeah. that because people have different um, upbringings and they have that thing where you can't assess it and you're like, oh, so usually men being men, they'll shut down yeah, and they yeah. won't seek that. And it's like this very, you know, I can do it myself, but I know that we're not supposed to be in this world and mm-hmm. in this life alone. No. And to, to be, put it more, um, you know, like in a personal thing, Men, especially, mm-hmm. we need men need each other desperately, desperately, and I think a lot of it comes back to the statement I'm about to make is kind of big. So I want to go big I wanna, or go home. That's it, there you go. Um, <laughs> but I do think we have a really um, bad problem mm. in our social understanding. Uh, we genderize a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And once we've labeled something as particularly masculine or particularly feminine or yes. as particularly, you know, men are this and women are this, there becomes this kind of magnetism where suddenly now people feel like they're supposed to be that. And yeah. I think there's generations of people that thankfully I yes. think this tide is turning. If my friend circle is anything to say, I think this tide is turning. <laughs> I agree. But um, there are generations of people mm-hmm. who, when, again, I'm speaking generations ago, if girls express emotion, mm-hmm. it's considered a bit normative. Mm-hmm. Agreed. If a boy begins yeah. to express comparable emotions, yeah. they are met with, you know, boys don't cry. Man up. Yep. Cowboy man, up. That, that phrase right there, oh, that man up thing. It just can't. And so I feel like what that has positioned us is with a vast amount of people who feel emasculated by emotional complexity. Mm -hmm. Now, again, I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not. I'm just expressing observations. I understand. And I feel like it's important Mm -hmm. for people to, I'll say it this way, like, I deal in, in my interests with a lot of fear. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like I watch, like I said, I, I watch a lot of horror stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like, what's interesting to me about like fear as an emotion is most people, I think, try to ignore fear or overcome fear, or they try to dismiss it, or they try to just break away from it. Like, oh, I'm not afraid. I'm not whatever. And what I've discovered, and I'm leading somewhere back to 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 my bigger thought about emotional complexity. My fear is my friend, and yes. I mean that, that like it has been one of the most instructive teachers in my life, and the emotions, yeah. my anger, mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. despair, mm-hmm. my sorrow, my grief, they are my friends. Yes. They sit in a place, they're not the prettiest people at the dance, no. but they have they a s- purpose, they have profound purpose, yes. and when at some point, maybe by instinct or by, you know, uh, intention from the Holy Spirit or something, at a certain point when I began to realize, like, I can be friends with these emotions. I don't have to combat these emotions. Yeah. I can be friends with them. There was so much more I began to learn about myself. Yes. And then the more I learned about myself and the more comfortable I became in my own skin, mm-hmm. my experience was that freed me up a lot to be able to be a little bit more receptive to other people. So and good. suddenly other people 
weren't necessarily the threat mm-hmm. originally because now it's not about territory. Right. Now Rich. we're just in the same open space and, and, and we can just be in this space. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. Um, I have my moments where I'm in the thick of things that I don't understand. Mm-hmm. And I have my moments where, wow, that was an unsuspecting reaction. And I don't know where that came from. Yes. <laughs> I have to take a little bit of stock right. of what's going on Correct. with me. And, but over time, I've come to realize, like, okay, I, I can. I can engage relationally with saying, like, just just that conversation where you hear from the other side of the table, like, me too. I, I know what that feels like. Mm-hmm. And that recognition and that resonance. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can be really scary because to be unguarded is to permit yourself to be hurt. Yep. And that's the other part of it. Probably the hardest part of it is that to really get into that, like what my what my friends and I have come to learn is we have to, I, and this is going to sound really poetic, so forgive me for that, but you have to become friends with your scar tissue. You have to become <laughs> friends with your like, that's not a thing that I need to hide or cover up. It's an acceptance. It's something it's that you all have to, about yes. acceptance. Yeah, that you accept it, and that we have a, a repeated phrase on the show that we say you 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 choose to include and forgive. I'm going to yeah. include this. Yes, and I'm going to find a way to forgive it. Mm-hmm. Not my finest moment. Right. Not my favorite memory. Whatever the situation is, but I'm going to find a way to include this because this is now an integral part of who I am. Mm. And the more you practice at that, and it does take practice. The more you practice at that, the more it becomes easier to just engage that in a way that doesn't feel quite so fearful and it doesn't feel you're still permitting the person on the other side of the room to really do you some damage, which is the worst part about it. Because some people maybe don't necessarily aren't as in touch with their own selves to where they can be so generous and gracious and letting yourself open like that. Maybe they're not in the same place and maybe they do seize the opportunity to be really hurtful. Mm. And that can be scary. And um, I think that and it happens. It happens a more lot more often than not. Yeah, but if we want to achieve a real, so you know, I equate brotherhood with a kind of a community. Yes. But if we really want to have a kind of a, a, a community, a you know, which is communion. Yep. You know, with one another, we're, yeah. we're communing with. Absolutely. Yes. You, you you have to reach that place to where you're like, you know, we are, we're scared of the way things make us feel. Mm-hmm. And many times for good reason. Many times for good reason. Yeah. But we are scared of the way things make us feel. And I think the more we can be brave, I say this to my son all the time, said it to him earlier today when he had to go through a scary experience. I said, it's okay mm-hmm. because if you're never scared, you don't get the chance to be brave. Hmm. And being brave is a very important thing. It, it's not being brave if you're not scared. Right. There is no courage. Without. In, not without fear. Because you've got to come from somewhere to get somewhere. Absolutely. You don't just arrive there. It's not a brave thing for me to wake up in the morning and pour a breakfast cereal. That's not, that, that's not, a, that's not a brave thing. I'm not scared of that. You know, that's not. It's, so it's if you're not afraid. Right. That's not the act of bravery. Yeah. But the power and the strength when when Christ compelled his disciples or anyone around like fear not that i don't hear that i don't hear that mm. and think be without fear mm. i'm not going to choose 
to operate from this. I'm right. not going to choose. I'm I'm going to hold on to its hand. Mm-hmm. I'm scared, Daddy. Yeah. I'm scared, yeah. honey. Whatever it yeah. is, I'm scared. Yeah. I'm going to hold that hand, and then me and my fear are, are going to move walk forward. forward. We're going to walk forward into whatever it is, and not not in denial. Right. If I can get to that place, not in denial of what I'm afraid of, because what I what I believe deeply is that people we saw a lot in the last couple of years where people were like, we're not going to be dictated by fear. It was, you know, sociopolitical situations where we're not going to be dictated by fear. And how I received that a lot Mm -hmm. of the times is I would hear people usually not all the time, but usually blustering about how they weren't going to be controlled by fear. Right. And nearly every time I heard that and thought my friend, you are right now. The mere fact that you're saying it. Yes. Right now, you are being controlled by maybe a different subset of fears. Yeah. Maybe ones you haven't become friends with, but just because you are not going to be controlled by, by that this fear, particular one. Right. Doesn't mean yeah. there aren't others. And I, and I also believe that things that we aren't in our emotional landscape, things we aren't willing to become friends with, right. will drive a lot of our thoughts and will drive a lot of our actions and behaviors. Yeah. And until we become friends with them, we won't understand why. That's right. We won't know why it's there. We won't understand exactly. Um, yeah. Last thing I'll say on that subject, that's so, maybe. That's so, that's spot on. No, oh, thank you. The, um, I heard, I read something from an author named Rich Mullins, um, who was actually primarily known as a musician, but he, he had some writings, some essays, and talking about this emotional complexity between men. He said, we are really comfortable with the image of Jesus as king, but not of Jesus as lover. Not men. Yes. We're not. We're really comfortable wow. with the idea of him on the battlefield, but not with us laying our head on his chest. Right. As you know? men. Exactly. My son and I, like, mm-hmm. we cuddle. Yeah. That's that's a thing that happens. That's He's important. 10. Yeah. So we, do my son and my husband. Yes. Exactly. There's, a, there's an intimacy <laughs> to that. Even at this time. Yes. He's 18. Yeah. He's still... And it's so hugs important. Hugs and loves yeah. on him. Yeah. And it's so my important My brother's to with my dad that. the same. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and when we lose that, I think we then lose a vital piece of the image that Christ is to us. Mm. You know, that, that intimacy. Mm. You know, he's, because scripture describes Christ as a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Right, right. And when we talk about brotherhood, like, we don't often see Christ as friend. Right. We see him as very displaced, as very other. But, man, like, that's my trusted friend. I'm not scared to tell Nathan anything. Right. And in my better moments, Mm -hmm. it's the same with Christ as well. I'm not scared to tell him anything because I can enter into that moment, the worst of my impulses, the worst of my actions, the worst of my thoughts. I'm not scared to tell him anything. Why? Because... There's a friend there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's been intimacy that goes beyond just king and lord, which is still present. Mm-hmm. But there's also this deep intimacy that's like, I'm safe in these arms. I'm safe here. And that's a, it's a vital <clears throat> bridge to cross. And it's invaluable, too, because, again, not to be gender specific, but sure. I am a wife. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> to, yeah. to a man. Yeah. And it's just really important. And I and I feel so much I feel so much safer and mm-hmm. and just more better, like more round, like he's more rounded when he has his male interactions that yeah, are just, because it's like I can't 
give him that side of what he needs because sure. I don't understand, right? Yeah. Um, I can give what I'm supposed to. I'm, I stay in my lane. Yeah, of course. And of I course, do much yeah. in that space, but those brotherhood relationships are very important mm-hmm. to um, for us to progress. And it's not just about you and your boys or you and your friend or right. you and your fresh best friend or you and your home, like even your relationship with Christ. It's not just about you and him. Yeah. It spills out over your family, over your wife, over your son, over Absolutely. your other friendships, relationships at work, how you interact with this world. Yeah. And, course. and so, um, you know, and I love how you spoke, spoke about fear too. I always say that, you know, fear is like a fever. Mm. It's an indicator. Mm. And, and, if we're trying to fight it all the time, no, there's something wrong. This is, right. this is a communication mm-hmm. and it's not even yeah. that there's something wrong all the time. I'm just communicating something's going on. That's out of the yeah. norm. Yeah. Let's investigate. Absolutely. Yeah. And with me and my fears, you know, being fearful about stuff, it's like, I always have to go, okay, why? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why are you, why? Yeah. What's at the root? What's at the root? Yeah. And that comes into, you know, how you react in relationship and all that, all of those things that I can do. But um, I wish and I pray that more, more men would have that opportunity and take that, take that space. Um, not only having the opportunity to be in that vulnerable place, yeah. but when it turns out poorly, Mm-hmm. And they're not met at the level that they're trying to interact at. Yeah, yeah. That they still come back and try it again. And try again. And yeah. know, and that mm-hmm. we understand all of us as humans. Like everyone is not going to be at our level that we can have that type of thing. And like we were discussing earlier yeah. <laughs> before we push record today, we were talking about um, the team or the game that yeah, we play right, as individuals. Right. Yep. Everyone has a role. You know, there's a quarterback. I love football, so okay, we'll go there. Uh, those are the positions I know. Sorry for basketball and baseball and all y'all. Soccer, my son plays. I have no idea what's going on. But anyway, I'm a football girl. But, you know, there's a quarterback and there's a running back and there's a tight end and there's a safety. And, like, everyone has to know. There's a defensive uh, tackle and there's yeah. everyone has to know. And then there's spectators. Yeah, of course. That are literally have their popcorn and they're in, they're in the, you got to know who the people are in your life and Mm -hmm. be able to, um, be able to put them in the pocket or in the position that they, you know, that they go in without, um, throwing the whole game, if you will. Absolutely. And as vital as it is. Especially as men too. Absolutely. And it's important not only to have the maturity to recognize what you just described and know where certain people are going to sit and people can take on different roles in different arenas. Yeah. And in different times. Definitely. Definitely. And in that same kind of way, it doesn't have to look Mm. the same for everybody. (laughs) You know, like some people can be sitting there and be like, well, I just don't like to talk. That's fine that you don't like to talk. That's okay. Mm -hmm. Because it's about authenticity and Mm -hmm. intimacy more so than it is prescriptive. Yeah. To have a certain kind of flavor or interaction. Right. For me, it looks like this. Yes. And for other people, it may look, uh, it may be no less intimate, but may look wildly different. And mm-hmm. a lot can be shared with a fourth of the words. And that's all okay. The acceptance. Absolutely. Back to acceptance. Yeah. We have to find the place to where we can understand like, okay, 
this is, uh, I'm, I'm letting this in mm-hmm. and accepting that this is, like you said, accepting that this is a part of my landscape. Mm-hmm. This is a part of the, the ground I'm walking on, the, the, the spaces that I'm sitting in. And it's all, it's all got complexity to it. Yes. It's got diversity to it. <laughs> yes. It's got all of these different things. And if there's anything that I've been, there's a lot of things I've been lucky with, but like one of the big things that I've been fortunate in is I'm just, I'm, I'm comfortable with difference. I yes. think a lot of times mm. we get really fearful of difference and we get really like, and in my early days, especially teenage years and mm-hmm. even college days, maybe even early adulthood, there were things where I'm just like, oh, wait, what? You're, you you see it differently than I do? Yeah. And I often made the folly of thinking that, like, it was just a matter of you not understanding me. Because if you understood, clearly you would agree with me. Yeah, I might have been there before. <laughs> so, it's one of those things, yeah, so it's one of those things where it's just like, you, I, I came to a place to where I was like, everything can be different. Yeah. And the biggest thing is that that doesn't invalidate me. Nah, you mean, better say that. Yeah. That it's like it doesn't mean that Say my experience that. Yes. is is somehow less right. than because your experience is different. That's right. And 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 the and that's where the fear comes because absolutely. they think that you being different now. I've been invalid. I mean, we can put this on a real world issue right now, but we won't go there. Mm-hmm. That's most of the crux of it. Just because yeah. we're different makes me insignificant. In my own mind, no, right. no, no one said that. It's not how it works. Gosh. That's not how it works. And we have such a tendency within ourselves to 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 rank and prioritize certain things. Mm. <laughs> and yes. well, you know, and and it has its good points, absolutely. But it can absolutely. be a little bit of a self sabotage situation, absolutely. And and like you said, something so important important there, like anything, yeah, when it gets out of place. Mm can become quite poisonous mm. anything you yep. know like like there if it's in the right sort of landscape and in a healthy perspective within your own sense of self mm-hmm. almost i won't say everything but almost everything can be included yeah and then when you take a certain thing whether it be goals or ambitions or or, or maybe we're talking about being friends with your wounds. Maybe the thing that, you know, you keep coming back to like, Oh, but that hurt, that hurt. Yes, it did. But you've put that in the center of your mantle, you know, yes. and because it's there, it's watching everything else in the room and everything keeps bowing down to it and keeps yep. coming over to it. Your focus is on it. It's like a centerpiece on a table. Absolutely. All eyes are drawn to it. <clears throat> yeah. And if you can reach the place to where you're brave enough, Mm. to be able to position it differently. It doesn't have to leave the house. You know, I didn't bring this book. Mm, that's good. But there's um, my one of my it favorite writers. It doesn't have to leave the house. Y'all get that one? Yeah. It, it can still stay. It's still there. It's still there. And it has to, And it has to be part of the decor because it's what makes the house the it's house. there. Exactly. Come exactly. on now. Exactly. But that doesn't mean it has to be dead center of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, my One of my favorite writers... Stephen King, no surprise, <laughs> horror writer. But he wrote something in his book about writing, his nonfiction book about writing. I didn't bring it, so I, okay. can't, I can't cite it verbatim, but he basically okay. talked about when he first was writing, he bought this beautiful desk and put it in the center of the room. Okay. In his, uh, like, maybe not his attic, but like an upper bedroom. Okay. And he put it in the center of his room, and he said, now, he said, what I do is that same desk 
is in the corner. Hmm. And that room is also the place where there's a bunch of pizza boxes because my <laughs> kids came up and we watched the game together or we watched yeah. a movie together or whatever. And he said, I have a lot of advice to give you about writing, but here's the first piece. He said, put your desk in the corner mm. and every single time you sit down to, your, to, to write at it, remind yourself why it's not in the middle of the room. He said, <sighs> oh, I know life, he's going with that. He said, yeah. He said, life is not a support system for art. It's the other way around. Art is a support system for life. And it's, wow. it was profound to me wow. in broader implications to realize these things that are here, yep. I don't have to feed that thing. I'm not defined by it. Yes. I'm not owned by it. <laughs> I don't have to keep feeding it. Mm-hmm. I don't have to keep surrendering all of the treasures that come into my house as a sacrificial thing up to this One. loudmouth thing that yes. happened. And I can find a place oh, where it's still here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you want to talk about that thing in the corner, we can talk about that thing in the corner. Because that yes. was, it, it hurt like hell. It was yeah. bad. It was hard. Yeah. But, uh, and if you want to talk about it, we can talk about it. But it took a long time for me to move it from the center of the room to the corner. And now that it's there, we're in a much healthier place about it, you know? And I think that's, it, well, it's artful to describe it that way, but that's... It's beautiful that's describing part. it that way. I think if I would have probably read that, I read a lot and I get a lot from <laughs> things that I read, but I had to go through counseling to really understand, mm-hmm. to put those yeah. things, you mm-hmm. know, and, and really understand how I was arranging. Yeah, 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 yeah. How mm-hmm. we arrange the room, the table. That's a um, really big deal. You, you got you to gotta see how you're arranging it. Yes. And then you can realize, oh, this is so rich. We could just go on and on and on yeah. about, I'm, I'm just like, I've got popcorn. Sure. Um, I love it. I love it. Yeah. How the spirit speaks to me. But, you know, when you realize how you're arranging things in your life and you understand where you've placed priority, you've placed... Yeah. You've put flowers and you've actually made a shrine to this thing in your oh, life. Yeah. Mm, um, mm-hmm. And you you see when you place it differently, you can everything shifts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you took a room and you put, you had a beautiful, magnificent desk and you had it in the middle and then you built the room around that, I could see like that's the centerpiece. I, I, sure. I totally get the, the imagery the that vibe. he's talking yeah, yeah. about. Mm-hmm. But then if you take that still magnificent piece of furniture and you put it in the corner, Mm-hmm. It's going to be off balance. Yeah. But there's room for other things to happen and to ha- also have. Absolutely. The same kind of voice or the same attention. Yeah. And sometimes we can't relate to others and have those relationships like brotherhoods because Absolutely. we have such things placed in the room or placed on our table yeah. that are bigger and we can't ha- we, we're not leaving room sometimes you got to navigate around stuff yeah you know what i'm saying yeah. you got it in the I, i'm just saying all of this i hope this makes sense i know i'm not rambling no you're not but at all i just i just see that yeah. i see how important it is because some relationships get cut off mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because there's not enough room for that and the relationship absolutely and what you said is so vital though is that, and, and it's just the simplicity of that language, there's no room for anything else. No. When I get, I'll speak about myself, but I think it's common to many, many people. When I get in the throes of, uh, I'll use 
moments when I do need validation, moments when I'm feeling a bit exposed (laughs) and I'm feeling a bit like when I put myself out there, I'm feeling unstable on my own two feet and Mm -hmm. maybe it's something at work, maybe a a, a look from my wife that I couldn't quite read Mm. and understand exactly what was going on. Something, something that where where I previously (laughs) felt some trust and security, now suddenly it's a little little shaky, you think, yeah. And what I perceive, yes, and it's all about my perception. But what we do, and this is why I love so much your your visual imagery and the imagery that's emerged of like you said it earlier that we arrange it, Mm. and I think we forget that we don't have movers in our own landscape. We're the movers. We move it around. Yes, we position these things. So then the moment that thing happens, what I've done is I got the dolly and I moved that thing to the center of my room. Wow. And now there's no room for anything else. Yes. Because I moved it there, now there's not any other room. And again, it it becomes this artful dance. And it, it, it mm. lest, lest we make it too poetic, it becomes a discipline mm. to recognize, okay, I received that thing. Mm-hmm. I hear you. That threw me off a little bit. I didn't like that moment. Felt a little uncertain about that. But I can now, if I'm in a good headspace, I can say, like, I'm going to put that in the corner. Yep. I'm going to keep an eye on it. Yep. And I'm going to just see what happens. That's a healthy. If it goes away. Yes. Then it was a moment that passes in time like millions of others. If it sticks around. Yeah. Then we'll sit down and we'll have a talk about it. Me with that thing. And then maybe me with the person that put that thing in my room. And, And then, you know, like if we need to, we'll have a conversation about it. If Mm -hmm. it goes away on its own, things do evaporate. Things materialize and then they evaporate. Yes. But if it doesn't, then we we can have a conversation about it. You know, going back to Fred Rich. Rogers, one of my favorite quotes of his, often quoted, but one of my favorite quotes of his, he said, if it's mentionable, then it's manageable. If you can mm, talk about it, yes. you can position it in a way. It's when we can't talk about it yeah. that that's where it really gets difficult. And, you know, that doesn't mean, I think sometimes people, t- you know, overcorrect and they talk about it to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> but but even still, even still, it's like where where my heart goes out to those people is it's not even that they're having a conversation; they're just verbalizing. They're, they're just trying. They're it. processing mm-hmm. in a very different manner. Yes, and yeah. I and and you know I've I've um, sat with a few women, <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, in sitting with them, I always tell them, you know, if you can talk about it. Mm-hmm. you're way farther along in your healing than you even realize. That's so good. Because when we so can't good. talk about it yet or still mm-hmm. or ever, yeah, that thing is still in the center of our room. Absolutely. As we're talking yep. in, in this context, I'll say it. No, but absolutely. yeah, when you can't, if you can, if you can mention it, yeah, you can definitely manage it. I get, I get to get that. And there's a, there's this is a, so good. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, I'm loving. I'm loving so much this, this opportunity. And and one of the I, problems is you yeah. will, you will have to shut me up. I'm uh, just making you aware. Really. <laughs> we, you and I both know it's so funny because we we went out <laughs> for a meal recently. That's right. That's right. And it was lovely. And we did you know the small talk. Not it wasn't small talk. We never have small talk, but. It was, it was a momentary f- stage setting. Yeah, there you go. Yes, yeah. And then you and I got in this space and I think Roger and Jen were just like, <laughs> they were trying to chime in, but the, pe- between the two of us, we oh, were just man. like, blah, 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 blah. oh man, it was, yes, it was really, it was really fun. I've loved this conversation so much. And I'm going to ask you one final question before we, uh, before we wrap, but I wanted yeah. to know, um, 
because you brought your faith. I mean, I know you from. Oh, of course. And, you know, like, you know, in, mm-hmm. in developing this space, this, this space with Love Manifested, the podcast, everyone yeah. on here is not, um, we're trying to encourage, inspire, and empower sure. people in their relationship, not their religion, with their Absolutely. relationship with God. So good. And some people aren't mm-hmm. there yet. Some people yeah. are rekindling. Yeah. Some people are just getting being introduced for the first time. So as you brought it up, um, so I know you have that relationship and I know you previously, but how would you say um, your relationship with God helps you manage the want, desire, or Mm. the way you approach these brotherhood relationships that you have? Wow. If Mm. you can sum that up in, in a... Yeah, yeah. In a way. In a way. Um, so, I think I'm going to start by saying... How does saying, it hold you accountable? Oh, how the, does it hold is me... Is the question. Is, how does it hold me accountable? Because God's my accountability partner. Absolutely. All the time. <laughs> so when I'm I, acting up, especially. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> I came to a realization not that long ago. A few years ago, but I can't remember precisely when. I came to a recognition. Okay. So I'm going to start by saying I think it all comes down to how you see God. Um, Very true. I came to a recognition that whenever I was feeling guilty mm. about anything, okay, that I would have one of two reactions to okay. it. Okay. The first reaction might be, I suck and, and I am terrible and I deserve to be punished. Okay. And I I should be um, I, I, every bad thing now that is coming into my life is punishment for the bad thought, the bad action, the bad whatever. Everything got it is now, uh, and and the world is now a very punishing place. Okay. The second reaction is, I don't have I don't have to be that anymore. I don't have to do that anymore. I don't have to make that choice. I can I can do better next time okay and and i can um recognize i made some bad choices there or i responded in a way that Mm. wasn't very healthy and wasn't very helpful Mm -hmm. and let myself off the hook for that and what i came to a recognition because your question was how does my faith i came to a pretty firm recognition that one was god and one was the devil i'm using simple language wow but i came to a pretty pretty easy recommendation or pretty easy recognition that god never made me feel ashamed of myself oh. never i came to a pretty easy recommendation recognition i don't know why i keep saying recommendation but like i came to a pretty easy recognition i think you're serving a recommendation for someone uh, that we don't know right now that's uh, probably why he keeps coming maybe out of your maybe, mouth. maybe 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 i'm that's sorry true. i just see stuff like that no no I, that's that's <laughs> that's possibly true um <clears throat> I just came to realize that like, yeah, God doesn't, and I began to say this to my son sometimes, because my son will sometimes open up. He says, I just feel he'll make a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. Holds on to it. And he's like, I just feel terrible about myself. And I've said this bluntly to him. I said, it does neither of us any good for you to think awful about yourself. Wow. It does neither of us any good. I don't, and I even say this to my son, he's 10, but I don't know how much sinks in, but I tell him, I was like, I don't want you to feel bad about yourself. I love you. You're a good kid. Yeah. You can make better choices. (laughs) What I want you to do is I want you to recognize that the choices you did make 
A, that wasn't great because it was hurtful or because it takes through a wrong or it escalates or it goes down some wrong paths. And then the good news, I, I can do it differently. Next I can time. do it differently. There's always time. another yeah, time. I can do it differently. And a lot of that came, and it's the same thing with friend relationships, mm-hmm. having the courage to say like, hey, uh, when you responded this way, when I asked that question, that kind of hurt because this was how I felt and this was what I thought was happening and I didn't love that. Um, but the beauty about it is being able to say like, okay, but there is no value in God making me right. feel ashamed for myself. And there's right. no, and, and it's actually, I, I know this is a bold statement, but I believe it to my bone marrow. It is not in God's nature to make you feel shame. That Amen. when we feel shame, which we often do. Yes, it's a part of our human response, absolutely. like fear. Absolutely. Anger. Exactly. Mm-hmm. What that is, <clears throat> is the baser natures of the things that want to, cripple us and want to hold us back sometimes maybe even a choice we're making for ourselves in okay. the fact that okay i don't I, I i don't know how to navigate forward i don't know how to move forward okay. so so i just suck and 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 it becomes this vacuum where now suddenly we're just pulling everything in and it's just it's terrible and we're terrible and and all of all of our feelings are terrible and 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 what i learned is that i came to recognize that when it was the voice of the lord that there was an empowerment associated with to it. No less mm. indictment of mm. the behavior. And that's important. Right. No less indictment of the choice. Like, hey. Uh, it still was a bad decision, but absolutely. it doesn't mean you're a bad person is what I used to tell my kids. Absolutely. Absolutely. You made a bad decision. You made a poor choice, but mm-hmm. it doesn't make you a poor person. You're not a bad person. Absolutely. You can choose differently next And you time. can do differently. You know, yep. there's a. That's a, so good. There's a Bible verse that I have come to love um, where it says. And I don't know the chapter and verse because I'm bad at remembering those kind of things. But it says, <laughs> okay. as far as the east is from the west, that's how far I've cast your sins from you. Yep. And I remember I was mm. I was speaking one time with <clears throat> some friends at church. And I said, what stands out to me about that? And I get it. Context-wise, they're talking about like landscapes and, and places. Yes. But how I receive it right now is recognizing that like east and west aren't places, they're directions, yes. right? And you can't go all the way that way and actually put your finger on and going exactly. that way. Exactly, exactly. out of your reach. But here's the really cool thing to me. One of the really cool things is that when he, like one of the beautiful things about the relationship of God with us and his redemptive power it's a caution to us to recognize is that even if you are, you know, forgive the colloquial imagery, but even if you are like inches from the pearly gates, mm-hmm. you could turn around and start headed in the wrong direction. You have that choice. You have that power. Wow. And the good news is that you could be feeling the very flames of hell. It's not too late. Yeah. You could still turn around and you could still head back in a different direction. And I'm not naive about the world. Some some damage can't be repaired. Right. And some damage true. you're gonna need to feel yep. the consequences. It's like yes. okay, that that level of damage yes. just can't be snapped back from. Nope. But it doesn't have to mean <clears throat> all the things that we tend to make it mean that's about right. ourselves. It doesn't have to be the verdict on who you are. That's right. And oh. I think that's an important thing that we see. Wow. We recognize that 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 God has positioned us 
And I think it just comes down to like how we see God. I promise I'll shut up in a second, but I'll say this last thing (laughs) that like, you know, when, when Adam and Eve were told by God, if you eat the fruit in the tree of the tree in the garden of good and evil, the, um, that, no, I said that all wrong, but like if you eat the tree in the middle of the garden, <laughs> we get you. You got it. Yes. If you eat that fruit, then <clears throat> that day you'll die. Mm-hmm. Well, then Eve talks to the serpent, and the serpent's like, You're not going to die. Like, you're going to be like God, and God doesn't want that. So Eve sees it, and she's like, Ooh, That fruit looks good. I mean, I'll try it. Right. And so then they eat the fruit, and when they eat it, we all know they did not drop dead. Mm-hmm. But what scripture says is that scripture says that their Their eyes eyes were were opened. opened. Yeah. And what I have thought, I did not come up with this. I heard this somewhere. Wish I could remember where I heard it, but I don't remember. Mm -hmm. Um, Is that what we forget and what I deeply believe is that the way sin infects us is the death is how we see ourselves and how we see God. Mm. Their eyes were opened, but not illumination. There was a shift in perspective. Yep. And suddenly the God that they used to walk comfortably with in the cool of the day was now a thing to be feared. Yes. It was now a thing distant <clears throat> off. And now the, the shame came in. The shame came in yeah. and they had to cover themselves. And it opened them up, I always say it opened them up to mm-hmm. fill in the blank. Yeah, and, now and the first be, thing was shame. Now all these other things come in. Yeah. And when it clicked for me that like, oh, God is not ashamed of me. When that clicked for me, now, does that mean he's pleased with everything? Like, I think some a lot of times we we um, anthropomorphize yeah. God in ways that aren't helpful. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's it's one of those things where it's just like recognizing, like, no, no, no. He, Brennan Manning is another author I love, and he once said that uh, in the throes and thick of his feelings of shame and guilt. He was really in the pits of despair, and the Holy Spirit spoke to his heart and said, Peace, my child. I expected more failure from you than you expected from yourself. And Yeah, beautiful. When, when we realize that, mm, that's profound. that God is here for us mm-hmm. and can pave the way, that mm-hmm. like, okay, that all that other stuff, I'll take care of that. Yeah. All that other stuff, all those bad choices, I'll take care of that. Now you move forward. Yep, that can't come with you anymore, and that's okay. You can still move forward. And and that's a, a very liberating and freeing thing. Um, that was a longer answer to your question than you wanted, but that's, that's, that's... I knew what I was getting you, into today. You Stop invited it. me. This is your this fault. Is, this is totally my fault. <laughs> and it's not oh anything gosh. that I regret. Um, I know I there's wisdom this. in everything that's been spoken here today. I thank you so, so much for coming. Oh, we could go me. on and on and on, and I'll have you back because... <laughs> We don't have any rules here. Mm, mm. We're here to um, really illuminate love and to hopefully touch someone in a way that they can, um, you know, something's called to memory or something's touched for the first time or something's been, you know, out of place for a minute and it kind of locks in. So we don't have any rules here, but the conversation is very important that we have it. Yeah. And that we have different perspectives. That's why there's so many podcasts with so many different topics. And so, and every, and the voices, Mm -hmm. they're vital. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm sure there's some out there that we could do without, but I don't know who they are. So <laughs> I've got a list. I'll pray for them. <laughs> you have a list? <laughs> I do. I won't even name them here. That's <laughs> not going to be about. But uh, yes. Uh, uh, well, I thank you so much for this rich time. Oh, thank I'm you for so me. glad we got to do this. Mm-hmm. And I hope that our listeners got to hear a little bit more of your heart and that they are able to see themselves in what we mm-hmm. spoke of today. Amen. And um, thank you, everyone who tuned in today and that was joining us. Um, You know, we have new episodes posting weekly and you can click the subscribe button. Uh, Please share um, with someone that you care about. You know, you know, a heart that needs to hear what was talked about today. And um, don't forget to follow us at love-manifested.com. We have more goodies for you over there, and we have more perspectives. You can shop our Survivors of the World uh, clothing line, our sew line, S-O-W, as well as connect through our social media accounts. So thank you, everyone, for tuning in today. I hope you have a lovely day, and I hope you're doing well. I hope you're doing well. I really do. Thank you so much. Thank you, Reed. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate (laughs) it. This has been a joy. Stay